overcoming opposition. If you have a chance to travel to Rome and you stand in St. Peter's Square, everybody has the same question. That right in the middle of the square is this giant obelisk, which is a, a stone monument, very similar to like the Washington Monument in DC. And it's like, okay, this is interesting. What's the story here? Well, the story is, it comes from the days when the Romans, the Roman Empire, and what they would do is as they would go and conquer people, they would bring back like a trophy. Like, look, the victors, of the, you know, to the victor go the spoils. And so if they went to somewhere where there's like giraffes, then they would like parade giraffes through the city and everyone's like, wow, giraffes, you know, like... Um, to kind of like show off and to celebrate. And so they got this 75 foot obelisk from Egypt and they somehow dragged it all the way back to Rome to show that they had conquered. Well, as time went on, it, it was kind of around the corner from St. Peter's, but St. Peter's itself is built over a necropolis or a, a cemetery, right? Because uh, that's where Peter was buried in a cemetery. And so later, they, Christians built a church over the tomb of St. Peter's, and then um, Constantine built a bigger church, and then um, Julius and you know, the, the Pope built the current basilica to show that Christ is the victor over death, that Jesus Christ is the king of all kings, that Jesus is God over all gods. And so at the top of the obelisk is actually a small piece of a relic of the true cross of Christ. That Christ has conquered everything. And that whereas people were looking for earthly rulers and um, empires and all these things, it's actually Christ who's more important than that. That Christ has overcome the opposition. If we are true to being Christians, opposition will happen. That when, in a general sense, in a culture in which we prefer darkness and to look the other way, that when we see a bright light, we get annoyed. People don't want that. And so the prophet Jeremiah had been preaching to people about basically what was gonna happen. You guys are making poor choices and here's what's going to happen. And, and the people around him are like, make him stop here. And then they did like the 300, just like, when they, like, they kicked him into a cistern. Because they didn't want to hear it. And he was persecuted. But then God delivered him. That, that God is the deliverer. We don't deliver ourselves. God delivers him. And so we, we hear the beautiful words in the psalm today that I have waited. Waited for the Lord and he... He stooped toward me. The Lord heard my cry. He drew me out of the pit of destruction. Though I am poor and afflicted, yet the Lord thinks of me. You are my help and my deliverer. No matter the opposition, I don't have to defend myself. He defends me. He brings me freedom, deliverance, victory. The second area that we hear of this opposition that we will experience 
is even within our own families, which, which is not a justification, by the way. It says right here, Jesus said that mothers-in-laws are against their daughters-in-laws, and daughter-in-laws are against, no, he's not, that's not what he's saying. Maybe he's pointing out the obvious, no. But he, it's, it doesn't have to be that way. But, but family, I mean, we feel it, right? Like how many of our family members don't go to church? Or if we say we're with a family, a reunion or something, and we're like, oh, or we're going to the lake, and we're like, oh, we need to get back in time to go to the, the, the um, last chance mass at the Newman Center, you know? Like, um, and, and the other family members are like, whatever. And there's, there's tension, there's a, that opposition there. Uh, you know, we had two students who were baptized this year at the Newman Center, and both of them, I, I kind of I met with them one-on-one, and I was talking to them, to find out that both of their families were against them being baptized. That's one reason why they waited till they were in college. Because I'm on my own and I can pursue the Lord. And I know my mom's, you know, they don't, you know, one of them's traditional and the other one was like Protestant and anti-Catholic. And they're like, you know, but this is true. And it's okay. And it's actually, the girl said, I'm actually learning more about my faith because of the conversations I'm having back home. But God doesn't leave us alone. In the letter to the Hebrews, we hear we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. I had this experience years ago. I had the chance to go to Fatima, where there's a Marian apparition. And there's this custom that people do. You don't have to do it. But I, we noticed, I was with my buddy, and there was this, like, sidewalk. It, was, it looked like, um, it was really long, it was like a quarter mile. It, looked, it reminded me of, like, the Wizard of Oz. You just follow this little brick road here all the way in. And we noticed people were on their knees. And we're like, what are they doing? And they said, well, it's just a custom. that It's a tradition that people will crawl, you know, they'll go on their knees as a sign of penitence. Like, I'm sorry for my sins. And... And just in union with Jesus, who suffered for us, who suffers with us. And so we were like, well, when in Fatima, do what the Fatimese do. Yeah, so we'd like, well, let's try this. So we, my buddy and I, we, we did this. And for me, it was, it was powerful because um, it is really, really hard. And you feel like, I just want it to end, and I just want to pull eject at any moment. You know, like when we face suffering, don't we want it to just stop? I want to just do whatever I can to shortcut it and get out of it. But the reason we keep going is because we know that Jesus didn't pull eject. Jesus showed us the way is to keep going. And so you come up and there's over this hill. And I had this experience. My buddy didn't have this experience, but I did. And, and I, you crest over the hill and you look into this square and on the top of the, the courtyard there, there were all these statues of saints, kind of like St. Peter's. And I just had this sense of the, the saints and the angels saying, keep going. Like we're here. Like you're doing it. Like it's worth it. I know it's hard now. I know it's not easy. But it's worth it. That's, it's Jesus, Hebrews 12, 2 today. It says, for the sake of the joy that lay before him, he endured the cross. 
that we do not suffer for the sake of suffering. That when Jesus went to the cross, he was moved with love for you and I. That the joy he saw was the people who would be redeemed. That it's, it's, it's the joy of heaven, it's the big picture that, that has me persevere to be through opposition, through difficulty. And so for you and I, it's, it's Christ who comes to our rescue. It's, it's Jesus who jumps into the pit. He jumps into the cistern to be with us in our human condition, to be with me in my suffering. And then as he is, ascends into heaven, that he, he takes me with him. And so our, the, cross, the cross is our obelisk. The cross is our trophy that shows Jesus conquers all sin, all suffering. And while I may face suffering, Jesus chooses to be there with me in it. Chooses to be with me in my suffering. If only I will choose to be there also. And I think that's, that's the third opposition we feel. Um, yes, there's the world, there's my family, but I think the greatest opposition you and I experience is ourselves. It's, it's the desire to take the easy way. It's when somebody exposes my weakness, when, when they point out my shame, that, that there's this tendency to, to turn, to get defensive, um, and just fight back. But I think that's precisely the moment where Jesus, Jesus didn't defend, Jesus didn't fight back, he opened up. That Jesus shows us he doesn't overcome opposition, he, em he embraces the cross, he embraces the, the ones he loves. And I think for you and I, that's the invitation, is not to fight harder, not to persevere, but actually to surrender. Say, Lord, here's where I'm at. I'm in this pit, and you're the only one that could get me out of here. So I'm going to stop trying to dig my way out, because I'm just getting deeper, and I'm going to wait till you lift me out. That, and I need you, and so I surrender to you. What, what does this look like to uh, battle the self? There was a young person this week who told me, she said, I worked really late on Wednesday night, and the only mass I could go to on the holy day on Thursday was 6.30 a.m. So I went, and I'm glad I did. Do, do you feel that battle versus self? I'd rather sleep in, wouldn't we all? You know, so like, it's, it's, it's that choice. You know, uh, one of the battles that I have, um, I... I'm phlegmatic, I'm a people pleaser. I like it when people like me. Um, Father Matt, we love you. Thank you, you know? Um, and so the challenge is, but am I, am I being clear about the truth? Because when Jeremiah was clear about, hey, if you do that, it's not gonna be good, which the modern day would be like, the church says, you know, you're not gonna find what you're looking for in a relationship, don't, don't live together first because the statistics are against that, do it this way and it's better. 
And people are like, mind your own business. It's like, well, it's your life. But we're just saying that this is better. Um, and so, but for me to speak the truth, yeah, am I willing to speak the truth and have people not like me? Or if, if, if my challenge is, if I'd like to be right, am I okay listening to somebody else tell me, hey, you're wrong? Can I hear that? Or do I get into battle mode? You think I'm wrong? You're the one that's wrong. Do, do, do you see what I mean? That, that actually, when we get poked in that sensitive area, my proposal is we don't need to protect, but that actually God is giving us an opportunity to be purified. That the Hebrew says today that we would uh, let us rid ourselves of every burden and sin that clings to us. And so when somebody points out my weakness and my sin and my shame, it's like, it's okay. So uh, I even read, somebody recommended this book to me. Uh, I've been reading, it's called, um, When I Say No, I Feel Guilty. It's about uh, assertiveness. And the point that the author makes in the book is he says, uh, when somebody points something out to you, you don't need to defend yourself. You can just agree with them or just say it's okay. So when someone says, hey, Father Matt, you're really good at starting mass late. I was like, yeah, I do do that, don't I? But I meant your homilies are a lot longer than other priests. It's like, yeah, I do preach long, don't I? Father Matt, you don't have the best people skills. It's like, yeah, I'm socially awkward. Yes, I am. I, I actually, it's actually liberating. I don't have to defend myself. Now, I want to grow. Um, Father Matt, you really hurt me. Yeah, I do hurt people. I'm, I'm sorry. Would you want to talk about it? Father Matt, you're a terrible priest. I, you know, I'm, I am a pretty bad priest, um, but I want to be better. Can you teach me how? Give me your feedback. And so I think the path to overcoming opposition is not to battle against it, but to actually embrace it as an opportunity to be purified. Embrace it as an opportunity from the Lord to be united with him. him who, he who rescues us. He who defends us. He who heals us. He who wants to redeem us. So that includes us today. That he who embraces the cross that at the end of the day, it's not about opposing people. That people are good. People are worthy of love. It's about pursuing the good of people. And then when people do harm, they don't know what they're doing. But to love them as God loves them. And to know that God's going to work through that to perfect me. And so today we thank the Lord for his embracing of the cross, for his embracing of us who are sinners today as we are.